Take out the papers and the trash Or you don't get no spending cash If you don't scrub that kitchen floor You ain't gonna rock and roll no more Welcome to another very special episode of We Talk About Dead People with your host, Aaron C. I apologize. George was supposed to be here, but his wife had a sudden medical emergency, so he could not come. I give you the happiest coincidence this side of Bob Ross. Uh, I was trying to come up with something spooky to do for the, the Halloween season, and out of nowhere, I just get an email from this dude named Tony Merkel, and I'm like, that guy sounds familiar. So I looked it up, and sure enough, I'd heard of this guy. And the first time I ever saw him, he was in the woods with a gun, hunting for a cryptid. And I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. So, without further ado, welcome to We Talk About Dead People, Tony. Oh, I love it. Yes. And I'm going back in the woods with a gun again later this month to hunt another monster. So, let's go. Dude, like, that's the thing that sets you apart from most cryptid hunters, is you go in armed to the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, listen, like, I'm saying, if these things are out there and they're real, don't we think we should probably make sure that we stand a chance? I mean, listen, I've heard of people shooting these things and nothing happening. My running philosophy is aim for the head or better yet, the neck. I think if you hit the neck, it's soft enough. It'll bleed out if they're physical to begin with. But I have a strong inclination that you shoot it in the neck. It's just going to be like Shazam and it goes into another dimension. We'll see what Amazing. happens. <laughs> It's kind of it's kind of uh, impressive that that's really what set you apart um, for me right out of the gate. I was like, is that does he have a machine gun? Like, um, it was like yeah. put up or shut up, right? Like if they're real, better be ready. Yeah, I mean, like that's the way I feel about it at least. And my my producer, uh, he feels differently because he he worries about all the the technical side of stuff. So he's like, uh, maybe we just do some concealed carry because you know. Uh, what if there's an accident? You know, like I know he's worried about there being an accident. Uh, so him and I kind of butt heads a little bit on that. So uh, we're still going back and forth on that for the next one. But I know for sure, if it's not visible, trust me, everybody has something underneath their shirt. So. <laughs> I just think it's, I just think it's so funny. And, you know, to bring, to bring this around, I think like, um, I don't know how to describe you. Like I, you wear a lot of hats. Like, I don't even know like what blanket or umbrella term I would use to describe what it is that you do. Like you're like a podcaster, a documentarian, a truth seeker. Like what would you describe yourself as? A dummy. Like, a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what my wife thinks I am. She's like, yo, you're going out in the woods again to hunt a monster. Yeah. Like she married a guy who, uh, when we got married, we were actually in Bible college. And so like we were studying for a completely life, different life route. I drop out of Bible college. I start working on cars. And shortly after that, I get my CDL. And I start walking in my father's footsteps and start driving truck. And so she thinks like for the longest time, she's married to a trucker. And that's just what life is. He drives a lot. He's gone a lot. And that's life. And then all of a sudden, I decide I'm going to start this podcast thing. And that just one, leads to one thing to another because I, I'm the kind of person I can't sit still. I like doing things. And so uh, I started the Confessionals podcast and it just kind of evolved from there because I shortly after I started the podcast, I started having this idea of just, you know, doing films and documentaries. And I didn't know what that would look like, but I was just like th this. It's like a layup. I mean, I have a podcast where I interview people on their gnarly experience or gnarly, gnarly. I don't know how to pronounce that word. I told you I'm <laughs> dumb. My brother told me I've been pronouncing it wrong, but now I second guess myself. So I don't even know which way is the right way. But these wild experiences that people are having and they're sharing on the show, 
you know, I'm, I'm like, this is just, this makes sense. Right. I mean, I'm looking around the room and like, we should do films about this. Right. <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, fortunately years later down the road, we started doing these films and that all came through, uh, Merkle media, which is my, uh, my company now. And I, and that, that's the thing you asked me, how do I define myself? I don't even, I don't even know. Like, I know a lot of people who've been following me for a long time. They look at me as a podcaster, but I'm not a podcaster. I'm like way more than a podcaster now, but I don't know what I am. I, I, I guess basically I'm a CEO of Merkle media. I have a podcast within that company. So do other people. Uh, and we do films. We just shot our first movie in Colorado. So we're, we're now not doing just documentaries, but we're actually doing movies and, uh, we're looking to come out with a kid's book soon and possibly a kid's cartoon. So like I'm just doing a lot of stuff, you know. Like I I I uh I just I just want to put my head down at night and know that I didn't waste any time. Dude, that's such a great attitude. I love the that you use the phrase layup as far as doing documentaries. Like that's a really really good way of of viewing what it is that you do. So maybe it's not important to know to know what you're. You are Tony Merkel. That is it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I just called the company Merkel Media. It's like uh, it's me. You know, it just that works. Yeah. So, okay. So you were a trucker before. I remember that from listening to you on uh, Sam's show, uh, Tinfoil Hat. Um, and I was working in a warehouse at the time. And my background is in media, but I couldn't get a job in the media. I wonder why. Um, <laughs> I'm actually really happy I didn't because it turned me into a podcaster. I had to do it for myself. But yes. I remember thinking like, okay, so I'm I'm basically unloading trucks, loading trucks at this warehouse. And you know, I hear you're a trucker. I'm like, I could do that too. So it's like super inspiring to know that like not not just anybody could do this, but like even a person with, you know, a working class background can get into media. And I, I I'm going to talk your ear off about alternative media. I'm sure you have a lot to say too, but oh, yeah. it is such a cool time we're living in right now. Right. Oh, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. It, it, like zero excuses. That's what everybody has now. I mean, it, it's, so I, I don't know how old you are. I'm 37. When I got married, social media, I think Facebook was just starting. But I mean, when I started dating my wife, uh, social media wasn't even in existence. I mean, when Facebook came out, it was it was meant for college kids to meet other college kids and, and cross pollinate. And since I was off the dating market, really wasn't that interested in doing this Facebook thing. It wasn't until after I got married that I, I actually even got on Facebook. And like, I didn't know what to do with it. But as we have seen the social media aspect grow and mature and, and evolve, it's allowed people, not even people who are that creative, to be honest with you, to have a, a place in this world to express themselves uh, digitally. And that's just what, the way the world's going since like 1999 or whatever, you know, like as soon as the internet started coming into people's homes and people started turning on this box to look at a screen that they could kind of control. Like you turn on the TV and you're, you're beholden back then to what was being played at that time. We had TV guides delivered to our homes. Like we, we had to have somebody tell us what we were going to be watching. Then you turn on this box on a desk and the world's at your fingertips and you start typing things in. You're like, huh, I wonder if I type in alien, what would come up? And it just all of a sudden, like this introduction to you being in charge with what you're consuming started evolving and taking shape. And it's been just a, an ever flowing process now to the point where just uh, this month, actually, I think it's on October, I think it's October 17th, uh, Meta, which, listen, I'm not a big fan of Zuck. I'm not a big fan of Google. <laughs> 
I'm not a big fan of any of these people, but we're all on their platforms because we need them just because we, even though we hate them, we need them. It's, it's a love hate relationship, but, uh, so we could debate and talk about if this is a good idea or not. I think that there's an argument made to be made for both sides, practically sure, but, uh, dystopian life, probably not. Uh, but later this month, Meta is coming out with Meta glasses and you'll be able to, they're smart glasses. So you're wearing your glasses and all of a sudden you look at something and you can tell your glasses to identify what you're looking at. It will give you, it will tell you what it is. If you have a leaky faucet, you can have your glasses show you how to fix the leaky faucet. So as you're doing it, it will actually take you step by step. It's all motivated and ingrained with the AI. So like, is that a good thing? Probably not in the long run, because the next thing like we're all just it's we're just inching our way closer and closer to the chip. Right. And putting that thing in our brain and it yeah. like that, no go zone for me, man. Like it, it can't enter my body. OK, anything the government or these companies want to put in my body, I'm saying no, my choice. OK, my body, my choice. Uh, but like, is it a good idea to get these glasses? I'm toying around the idea of getting the glasses, to be honest with you, because I, I got to know what the heck I'm talking about. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, it looks actually kind of cool. So anyways, that's a long winded answer to say, yeah, media is really evolving a lot. It's funny. Cause like up until like maybe a few, maybe a month ago, I was getting like super black pilled about technocracy and all that stuff. And I do think there's definitely like a reason to keep these things at a distance, but at the same time, like looking at AI art generation, um and that sort of thing like i used ai to update my resume because i hate corporate speak and so i just had an ai make me a resume in corporate speak <laughs> yeah and uh it's like okay so these are tools that are ultimately you know kind i don't know if you want to say display they displace humanity or they're kind of dangerous but at the same time like i think good people can do a lot of good with it yeah i mean so like i i, I find myself because i'm very like I, the future is very bleak in my mind and but i the way I look at things is at the end of the day, I'm going to be left behind because there are certain lines I'm not willing to cross. I'm not putting things in my body. I'm just not. Uh, but leading up to those those hard lines in the sand that I have, um, you have to be a little flexible. And I've told my audience this for years. You have to pick your battles. You know, uh, when we were younger, when I was younger in the in the late 90s, there was a big thing where it was like the Internet's not going to last or it's not that important or it's going to destroy humanity. Well, it probably has, to be honest with you. But uh, I mean, we're, we're slowly being destroyed. Right. But if you didn't hop on the Internet train uh, by now, you're pretty much living in a hut in the middle of the woods. I mean, you, you really you don't have a choice. I mean, people get paid through the Internet. Your pay stubs at, at your job come through the Internet. Nobody gets paper pay stubs anymore. Most people don't, at least. Uh, you don't get a paycheck. It gets direct deposited. All that's Internet, right? So uh, the, the idea back then was the Internet bad. Uh, you eventually had to change your mindset or just become a, a caveman. And it's a general, generally speaking, that's kind of a very similar thing when it comes to the AI stuff. I mean, you really have to be careful with, you know, how far you want to ingrain yourself with it, but it is a tool that you can use to benefit yourself and make your life a little bit easier. You just have to be able to look ahead 
and decide what where is this going and how far am I willing to take it? AI art, yeah, I use it too. I also see people online complaining about how people like me use it and putting artists out of the business. I don't agree at all. I think if you're an artist and stuff, this is the best thing in the world for you because of two things. One, you can get a general idea where you want to take a masterpiece to and you can adjust it. It, it gives you a baseline. And these guys that way better than I am with computer stuff. I mean, you take that AI art generated stuff, it's not the greatest... Um, uh, uh, quality as far as pixels go. You can adjust those things. You can manipulate it and, and put a layer on top and add to it. It's like a foundation. But also, listen, guys, if you're upset about the AI art thing, just wait it out because you're going to be in high demand years and just a few years down the road here when everybody's doing AI art, it's not that special. But as soon as that happens, all of a sudden you doing stuff by hand is going to be invaluable. You're going to make tons of money because there's going to be people with tons of money looking for rare pieces of art that weren't spit out by AI. And all of a sudden, you were a poor artist 10 years ago, and now you're making bank because everybody's got AI art, but they don't have what you have. So Dude, it's exactly. It's about it's about judo throwing things. Like you take the force that's coming at you and you find a way to make it work for you. Yeah. 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 And, and it's it's. um. I, I don't know. I, I think in in the moment, it's easy to kind of get caught up in like, oh, my gosh, like when AI first started happening and stuff like in the podcast game, like I was I was thinking this is going to put everybody out of business. And then I had to back up and start thinking, OK, maybe some. Right. Maybe some. Because I'm sure if, if not by now, I'm sure there's coming right tomorrow uh, an AI podcast. I'm sure it's already been done. But um, here's the thing. So. For instance, like my my show, right? Uh, I interview people on their paranormal experiences and they share it on my show. These are real people with real paranormal experiences from hauntings, abductions, uh, cryptids, all of it, right? So do people who listen to my show want to listen to a show where they know it's an artificial intelligence telling a story that never really happened? Probably not. Definitely not. Thing, yeah. Same thing with you. So I'm a real human being sharing my real experiences and what we're talking about is, is real life stuff. If you brought on uh, AI to talk to you and do a fake interview, essentially, would your audience want to listen? Probably not. But there are aspects where if you start a podcast all based off of AI, all the art AI, the video AI, the vocals AI, everything's AI, and you make it known up front and you're creative with it, it still requires human creativity. But I do think people would listen to it if they know what they're getting off the jump. But I don't think it's going to put me out of business, at least not yet. Uh, maybe I'm missing something, which I probably am, but it's okay. I mean, listen, I roll with the punches, man. Like I always tell my wife, um, I'm never going back to driving truck ever, 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 never, ever, ever. I used to think that that was going to be my backup plan. Like I quit driving truck, did this full time. And I'm like, if this, if this all falls apart, I'll just go back to driving truck. Now that I've been out of for, out of truck driving for almost three years, doing my own life for three years where I make my own. And I work like a freaking dog still. Like I, two or three times this week, I've been in my office. When I, my office is like 25 minutes from my house. Like I've been here at the office like until two o'clock in the morning, like two or three times this week. I, I work like crazy, but it's on my own terms. If this all falls apart, because of AI or whatever, like I'm never going back to truck driving because I've, I I have a different new perspective. This is not a hippie, lazy perspective. Anybody who knows me knows, knows the resume. They know I'm not lazy, but I do have a new perspective since I've quit driving truck, which is time is way, way, way 
more important, not valuable necessarily, but way more important than money is. I got a five-year-old and a three-year-old home and a wife that I've been married to for 16 years. They, the time I can give them is way more important than anything I can provide money monetarily. So if this all falls apart, I tell my wife all the time, she knows I'm serious about it. She's learning to accept it. I told her if this all falls apart, I'm selling everything I possibly can. I'm going to buy a trailer, an acre of land down by a river, and we're going to farm for the rest of our lives. That's what we're doing. I am not going back to driving truck. And so if AI takes over the world and destroys everything and I'm just flat out broke, you could find me down by the river in a trailer. That's where I'll be. <laughs> that sounds similar to my plan, though. I haven't I have to admit, like, I, I, I do not have the uh, the entrepreneurial spirit that you do for sure. Like, I've been doing this show for six years now. I've got like a few thousand listeners. But I mean, to be fair, it's history and not that many people are interested in it yet. But give it time. It will um, be. They will. They will be. And the fact that we've uh, we've made it an evergreen show. So, you know, nothing, we didn't talk about politics even during the entire Trump administration. We didn't bring it up at all. You won't have to be bothered by any of that stuff when you go back and listen. But people you're right. People are going to start getting interested in things like history. Um, and if we all end up in a van down by the river, like we're going to want something to listen to while we're there. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, I naturally want to say a van down by the river, but I know me, I wind up killing everybody in the van. So I need some space. <laughs> so I say trailer. Trailer. <laughs> it, hey, if it, if it's a van, I'll, I guess I'll live with it. I'll camp outside at night and stuff to get my space. But I, I'm dead serious, man. Like, I have a very dystopic mindset. I don't think that we're heading in the right direction. That's just a human species in general, unless things change or something happens that I'm not foreseeing, which again, like I said, I'm not the smartest person in the room, but uh, at the end of the day, man, I don't have a whole lot of uh, positive outlook on things. So I'm just preparing myself for the inevitable in my mind. So I'm, I'm enjoying life right now. I'm trying my best. I do not let it hold me down. I think that's one of the things that people do. They get so uh, black pilled. They get so dark into it that they feel like they have no motivation to even try. Like, what's the point? The point is it's not here yet. And you got today and maybe tomorrow still. So build your life now. Enjoy the process. And if the inevitable comes, let it come on its own time and we'll deal with it when it comes. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. And I think that's a good attitude because again, you've for, for calling yourself, you know, having a negative attitude, you don't come across as a person with a negative attitude. I think probably, um, I would call it just a, like a realistic attitude. You've mm -hmm. taken into account all the facts and you're like, okay, well there, there is something coming. It's quite big and there's not really much I can do on this level to stop it because the humanity at large has been basically memed into, accepting that our future must be transhumanist when it they just i think most people just lack the imagination to think it doesn't have to be that way right yeah absolutely so, i mean this is so funny i did not expect to have this conversation but <laughs> i love where it's going i kind of want i was thinking about like ambushing you at the end with this kind of talk because you know the stuff that's on the front page of what you do is the cryptid is the is the uh not conspiracy but like uh paranormal stuff yeah um so like, I guess, <laughs> I guess my question is how does searching for the dog man tie into a search for the truth about things? Why that particular thing? Well, uh, I think for me, uh, I think everybody has their own motivations, especially in my crew and stuff, but uh, for me, it kind of goes, it, it's really multi-layered. So I'm going to take you down a journey and just hang with me, I guess. Uh, yeah. And 
And just to be honest with you, I don't even know where this is going. So I'm just going to start going and see what happens. <laughs> uh, so I, I, like I said, I went to Bible college. Uh, I, so I think it probably goes without saying I'm a Christian. I say it all the time. I'm very unashamed about it. And um, with that perspective, though, I've looked at, you know, my, I have a worldview that's a biblical worldview. And I look at the American church around me and I'm like, you guys don't match me. Like we don't, we're not, we're not quite the same and not everybody, but in general, most of the American church does not believe in the supernatural the way I believe in the supernatural. When I believe, when I say I believe in the supernatural, I'm talking about the entire Old Testament, all the funky stuff in there that people tend to skip over because they don't understand it. That's what I'm into. Like I, I dig it, you know? So when I'm reading about this guy, uh, David and his army of super soldiers, it's literally what they call themselves. David's mighty men. Like one, so like if anybody's ever heard of the story of Samson, Samson like killed a thousand soldiers with the jawbone of a donkey. Like he had this like superhuman strength. Well, David had an army of those guys. So everybody wants to kind of put Samson on this pedestal. Like, oh, let's tell, talk about the story of Samson. David had an entire army of guys like that. It was like 300 dudes that just were ruthless. Like David was like, um, like pontificating out loud saying, oh man, that well on the other side of the enemy line is, has such good water. And they're like, you got it, boss. And three guys just go and kill the entire army just to get water for him. Like, like that's kind of like the supernatural worldview that I kind of come into things with. Call it silly if you want. But um, with that said, I'm very aware of these this idea of uh, another other realms and interdimensionalism uh that's what angels talk about and in the bible throughout the bible you see so many instances especially through dream how beings whether it's a uh, uh, i almost said aliens maybe aliens you know but uh angels and god and and even demonic things come into people through dreams and so i believe that even the dream state is a is like almost a portal to another realm where you you can interact with things and we see that in with my show people uh through uh the dream state have lucid dreaming where they have astral projection and and they they leave their bodies and they they go places and they have experiences and and people if they say oh that's crazy that it's impossible it's not impossible it's very real uh people have it happen to them accidentally it's brought on on purpose our own government has been playing with this stuff for a very long time and so with that said I kind of go with this idea of this uh, supernatural worldview with interdimensional beings. Well, I've talked to enough people and I have uh, come across stories and even videos of people talking about these cryptids that do things that don't seem very physical. So the idea of, you know, Bigfoot or Dogman just being this physical creature, uh, that an animal that we've never caught, we've never been able to document, just can't keep up with it, gets blown out the water with some of these stories you have where, you know, people will say they come across Bigfoot tracks and they're just tracking it. It's like a trackway. And all of a sudden it just disappears. It's gone. Like the ground's still soft and nothing changed, but the, the track's just gone. Like it was abducted by a UFO or maybe disappeared into another dimension. Uh, and I, I started thinking about this stuff and I, I really wasn't sure exactly where uh, I was going to draw the line. And and I threw all those rules out the window a long time ago, but it really st started coming full circle for me when I it had to be like five years ago now. Uh, there was a guy in Florida and I tell this story all the time because it was, it, I guess it was just a real turning point for me mentally uh there's this guy in florida who saw 
what we call a dogman, a werewolf. You know, if, if anybody's not familiar with this idea of dogman, basically think werewolf. That's just the modern culture term for it. Instead of calling it werewolf, I think I think people feel weird saying werewolf. They're like they think they're talking. It makes them feel like they're talking about a, a fictional character from a movie. So they say dogman. I don't know where this whole dogman name came from. Uh, throughout regions in, in this country, it's called different things. In Kentucky, they call it the Slewfoot. Um, but in Florida, this guy went on his Facebook page and uh, commented saying that he just saw an upright walking dog outside his home and people are commenting and stuff. And so in the, in the spirit of the moment, he goes live on his Facebook to show people that were commenting on his, his post where he saw it. And within like three or four minutes into the video, this is a live video on Facebook you see outside where he's showing you saw where he saw before this upright walking dog run through the frame extremely fast, almost supernaturally fast. And as it was running, it went underneath like a street light and you see this thing and it's uh, translucent. There's part of it that parts of it that look physical and real and in this realm, but other parts you could actually see through. And he freaks out live and he winds up staying on his his video for another 30 minutes talking about with these people what they all just saw. This is something that it, you can find it on YouTube and uh, it, it's still out there. And so when I saw that, I was like, holy crap, like these things are metaphysical. So what does that even mean? And so that took me down this road of like th these. And for me, I think this stuff has multiple origins. I think that our government has proven to us that they're willing to do DNA manipulation and create their own lab rats. And so did the government create this stuff? I don't think they created all of it, but I definitely think that they they, they try to and they play games with it. Um, I, I just talked to a guy yesterday who talked to me about this thing called the click attack. Click, I can't even say it now. Click attack ape cat in Washington. And basically... There's tons of people in the last year and a half. He's gotten 70 over 70 reports of this this very large cat creature out there that stands on all four over five feet high and it has an ape face. And so it sounds so crazy. But then you start looking at uh, I think he called he called it uh, uh, Haverford or Harford. Uh, it was like some kind of installation where they did a lot of uh, like nuclear. Uh, there's a lot of radiation stuff. And he, he took us down this road of showing us throughout history where governments were actually creating um, mutation, basically animals, and how it's not far-fetched to suggest that if they have a high secure area, they would create certain types of animals to protect that area. In fact, this very area that he's talking about, it's been documented that our government, this is Washington state, they actually created alligators to patrol the the river that this facility is off of and, and, and i'm not kidding you and then i think 12 i think he said 12 of these alligators actually escaped and they uh they recovered 10 of them but then the winter time started setting in they called off the search because they didn't believe the alligators would survive during the winter time that's where the story leaves off there but so the idea of the government's creating this stuff it's not foreign to me and it's something that i think is very possible but 
I don't think it's impossible that these things come from multiple different origins. So let's just say the government created some of it, but also maybe some of this stuff is like the government's getting it from the idea of them knowing that these are interdimensional beings visiting us. Don't say that's impossible because David Grush is a real person talking about this right now in current times. And so he's a whistleblower coming out saying that we have biological beings that are like from here, but not really from here. What do you make of that? Interdimensionalism. And so we have that aspect, but then there's also the remnant idea. So people say that these these could be creatures that uh, that are just physical creatures that survive time and live very exclusive lifestyles. And there's not very many of them. So when you see it, it's a rarity. You freak out and then you don't see it again for a long time because there's not a whole lot of them. But they're a remnant race from ancient times. So there's different things to go down and stuff. Um, and I just like like I told you before. I don't know where I'm going with this. I forget the original question. So if well, you could just yeah, no, this is hilarious. I mean, it's not, it's hilarious in a way. This is great. Um, I love the passion for all this stuff. You know, I think I saw a cryptid when I was young. Um, my brother and I and my mom were at, I think it was Yosemite. And we were looking out over this field and this all out of the corner of my eye, I saw this giant like thing bounding across the field. And I'm like, I kind of looked toward it because we were looking at bison or whatever. And I look and it's it's like a giant rabbit. It like had these ears on its back that were just like flopping around. And I was like, I was like, brother, look, there's a cryptid. You know, we were like 13, I think. And he looks and he sees it. And uh, it it was it was just like a rabbit, but it was way too big to be a rabbit. And I, I was like, my brain filed it away like that's normal. It did. It didn't even come across like this was unusual or this was weird. It was just like that's normal. That's that's a natural phenomenon. The best thing I could compare it to is uh, the um, the wild wasteland trait in Fallout New Vegas. Like you just see it and you're just like, oh, your brain registers it as this is not ab abnormal. So like I kind of lean with you toward the fact that these are kind of leftovers and the fact that they can sort of pop in and out of this dimension. Uh, that to me sounds kind of legit. <laughs> I don't know. Um, everyone's well, going to think we're crazy, but I don't even care. <laughs> well, I, I'm used to that. I mean, like, yeah. you know, like I, I've embraced it so a long time ago. So now I just speak so freely. Like, I'm just like, I'm at the point in my life where I only want to attract people to me that are like me, you know, like I'm not trying exactly. to prove myself to anybody. I'm not trying to be part of everybody's group. Like I have my own group over here. And if you want to be part of the group, there's a checklist. You have to be crazy like me. If you are cool, if not, you're not going to last long. You can try, but you're not going to last long because I'm just nuts. And I'll, I'll just say whatever, because I, I'm, I've heard, listen, I've uh, just today, I dropped episode 588. I have never missed a week of shows. I've been doing this since January of 2017. I now do two a week. Like I've talked to a lot of people, a lot of people on air and off air. And I'm sorry. All these people telling me stories and their experiences stuff are not just crazy or lying. Sure. Maybe out of almost 600 episodes, somebody got me, you know, and they just gave me a whole big story. And so it was a lie. That's not even possible. It's probably likely, but everybody that I talk to, and there have been times on my show that I've been able to actually go and verify things. Uh, there's a story. There's a story on my show that actually dives into this idea of interdimensionalism. I have not released this story yet. So anybody listening right now, please do not email us asking where's the story. It's not out yet. 
I've been I've recorded it for uh, two years ago. But this was this story when I released it, and I was just thinking about it this morning. I, I think we're getting pretty close within the next couple of months. Um, I'm going to release this story, but there's there's a lot of elements to it, and the crazy thing is what people are going to hear. Uh, the very first recording is the genesis of this whole this rabbit hole I went down. And it was, I sat down with this guy thinking that I was just going to do a 20 minute interview with him because he said he saw like a shadow figure or something on vacation. I was like, cool, man. It sounded, sounded interesting. It sounded kind of spooky, long fingers. I was like, oh, cool. So we're going to, we're going to talk about this 20 minutes, baby, keep, keep going on dinner. I'll be up in about 20. You know, it turned into like a two hour conversation because before we hit record, he's like, Hey, there's something else I want to talk to you about, but I was too scared to say it in the email because I thought you'd think I'm crazy and that you wouldn't email me back. And I'm like, bro, you came to the right place for crazy. Let's go. Hell and yeah. so <laughs> he tells me this wild story and I'm not going to rehash it because the point of me bringing this up is the fact that there have been times on my show where wild stories like his comes up and I've been able to verify it through other people. So he tells me this wild story. And part of it is this book that was published and written and he read it and, and he's like, it, it, this is a real story and all this other stuff. So I'm like, bro, I, 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 when we ended the recording, uh, I told him, I said, this was one of the most amazing stories I've ever heard in my entire life. And I'm going to look up this author. I'm going to get a hold of her and I'm going to start talking to her. And if you're lying to me, I'm gonna be pissed, bro. And I told him that. And, and he's like, I'm not lying. I wound up getting a hold of the 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 author. She's confirmed everything, but also added more to the story. And the crazy thing is, like a lot of the story has pieces of other people's stories that were on my show in the past. And so I tried debunking it like that. I was like, okay, he and her, they're both playing me for a fool. They're making up this stuff based off of stories that were already on my show to make this amazing story. I dig it, but they're lying to me. They have to be lying to me. Until I got the book, he mailed it to me because it's no longer on the market. You can't buy it anywhere. He mails me the book. I look at the copyright and it's 2012. My show didn't exist till 2017. So these stories were out there for five years before I even started my podcast. And that's when I was like, holy crap. Sometimes this stuff is so real. I can't explain it, but I dig it. And yeah. that's like, like, I like, that's why I don't care if people think I'm crazy because there's been so many times that I've been able to verify the crazy that I'm just now part of that crew. I'm crazy because the world and life is way crazier than you can even possibly imagine. And there's people that get into the, the, the conspiratorial side of things. Just take that mindset where you're like, yeah, I don't believe everything that they tell me. And, you know, the government, this, the government, that now expand it to the weird paranormal. It's the same thing. You are taught a certain thing to keep your brain in this pathway. As soon as you start exposing yourself to things that you can't explain and you've tried looking into it and it checks out as verifiable, all of a sudden, all that crap that you've been taught gets thrown out the window and you're just like, oh, man, like life it just got real interesting and uh that's where i'm at so you know it's, dude i'm about to i'm about to meme myself to death i have been talking ab about uh cs lewis and his vision of the future as far as technology goes forever my listeners are probably super pissed off with me for even bringing this up because <laughs> i talk about it all the time but one of the things he brought up in several of his works was that as tech improves and as as we sort of move into a uh, an even more industrialized and scientific society, nature and magic will begin to first fade and then start to sort of come back. 
uh, it's very interesting. So it's it's almost like the model we've been given to think about reality is like strictly materialist, um, no spiritual aspect uh, to any of it. There's nothing going on outside of like your little you know meat puppet that you live in. Uh, and I just feel like we're at a stage where the crazy people have been proven right so many times that we we need to get used to listening to them regularly. They're not crazy. They've just seen something you haven't seen yet. Um, and, uh, y- yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, <laughs> I'm so excited to have this conversation. I'm like running out of ideas all of a sudden. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, we're, so we're crazy people. I'm good with that. You're good with that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm way, I, I embrace it. I love it. I don't want to not be the crazy person in the room now. Like I, like, I'm just like, when I go to somewhere and they're like, what do you do from them? Like, okay. You know, like my, like I meet my, you know, my, my kids, uh, friends, parents, and they're like, so what do you do for a living? I'm like, all right, I'm just going to try to be chill without lying. So I run a media company. Oh, really? Like the news? No, like we, we do documentaries and podcasts. Oh, what kind of documentaries? Okay. You asked for it. it. Okay. So it's either going to be an hour long, two hour long conversation and everybody's leaving with a smile or it's going to be a 15 minute conversation. And I'm going to be like, Hey Ben, it's time to go home. Let's go. You know? Yeah. 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 It is funny though. Cause like about halfway through COVID, when everyone started being like, all right, this is this is getting kind of silly. I had this really weird, like, feeling of, oh, man, now I'm not the only one anymore. <laughs> I like, and I was like, oh, that feels like vaguely sinful to be like mad that other people are waking up and asking questions. Um, but it did it did it did kind of like it kind of bummed me out for a week or two because I was just like, oh, man, <laughs> now everyone gets it. Yeah, now uh, everybody gets it. I'm not special anymore. Uh, yeah, but you know what? Listen, there's always new levels to go. I mean, I'm I'm uh, I'm telling you, man. Like, I I'm sitting here and I'm looking at my show. I'm like, where else could it go? And then all of a sudden, like, you get an email and you're like, oh, it's going that direction. Got it. You know? And it's just yeah. There's always these new levels and stuff. So I mean. Don't worry. One day you'll find something else where you'll be the only one in the room and you'll hold the door open and you're like, hey, guys, you want to come in and check out this new room I found? And, the, and most <laughs> people like, they'll be like, nah, nah, until another 2020 happens and everybody wants to come in your room and hide with you. It's just yeah. funny. Yeah, it's funny because like our, our show, you know, started strictly history. We we just covered dead people. You know, the, the only rule was they had to be dead. And, uh, you know, then as it progressed and when COVID occurred, like we started branching out a little bit more and we started talking to like um, all kinds of people from all over the world. Like and then, you know, people who actually ended up being close, like Miguel Connor, who does the Aeon Bite podcast, like he was one of my favorite guests. We've talked to Howdy McCoskey about, you know, the World's Fair and all that good stuff. And like at first I was like, this is going to alienate some listeners and it's going to it's going to damage our credibility. And then I th- and then as time went on, I think it actually bolstered our credibility because it showed that we were open minded to other ways of looking at history and basically spirituality. And the interviews that we've done have all gone super, super well. And we never did interviews before. Like we were incommunicado with the outside world. We were just putting out episodes, hoping people want to learn about history. And then when we started doing interviews, like it actually opened a lot of doors to like we're having this conversation right now you know i joke this is a halloween special spooky you know cryptids and things but you know this is a this is a conversation that's really about the state of the world that we're in right now and i would point to um i, I don't know i i was on your site looking at merkel media i noticed you had a 
macroaggressions. Are they, that's one of your shows or? Yeah, Charlie Robinson hosts right. that show. So when I came across that show, I was like, oh, this is a right-wing show. And then I listened to it for a little longer. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a, it's a right-wing show, but the guy's after the truth on some stuff. And then eventually, as the culture changed, it became like, no, it's not a wing show. This is a show trying to get to the bottom of some of the insanity that we're, we're seeing in the modern world. And um, I think it's so interesting how such a breadth of topics can actually come together. Like all this stuff dovetails in a way, um, in a way that's, you know, where politics is no longer politics. Now it's like almost spiritual warfare. Um, it is spiritual warfare at this point. Um, so like, I guess my, my next question for you, um, is like doing all this research, um, and exploring all of these topics, like, and, and, you know, you've, you've mentioned that you're religious and, you know, um, all that stuff. How does, like, what has this taught you about yourself, this whole journey? Like, what what have you learned from be, like being in Bible college to being in the woods with a rifle searching for a cryptid? Oh man, that's an interesting question. Uh, yeah, when you put it that way, I, I would my my first thought would be life is full of twists and turns, and you really have no idea where you're going. You know, um, I. So let me. So how 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 should I answer this? So so you're asking me. Um, what have I learned throughout the process of, of the different stages of my life? Is that what you're talking about? Or yes, maybe I can frame it a little bit better. The, these things tend to dovetail together and it seems weird that like spiritual questions are seemingly the bridge between like crazy things like cryptids and not so crazy things like transhumanism. You know what I mean? Like we're, it's like Sam, you know, Sam started that show, um, his spiritual podcast. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called zero right zero yeah yeah so ultimately what he found at the end of his journey was that it really all comes down to spirituality and i was wondering like has that has that developed for you since since the beginning of this journey yeah yeah i guess so um i and this i mean again it just goes down to crazy for me uh but i i do think that it i think that this is all spiritual warfare that we're going through um and you know i i like I said, I mean, I try to look at the Bible for a lot of um, understanding as to the way the world is and, you know, the Bible prophecy. Uh, I just I really think that. All right. So to go to go to go down the conspiratorial route of things, I really feel that the higher you get in politics, the higher you get in these governments, the more satanic it gets. Yeah. And evil. It gets. And um, we can go to the surface level of just seeing how uh, certain uh, politicians and groups of people are trying to push culture and what they're trying to get us to accept, which I just will not accept. I'm just not going to, uh, to um, the more conspiratorial route, which is things like, uh, I'll give you two examples. Um, so recently we have been learning about the human trafficking going in and out of the Ukraine. And that seems kind of, you know, huh, interesting, you know, we're actually sending people in to go rescue kids and, and people that are being trafficked out of the Ukraine. We're sending also billions of dollars to the Ukraine without actually having receipts of where that money's going. And then either the Ukraine just puts in a, a, a Marina Abramovich to uh, rehabilitate the entire education system in Ukraine. 
Marina Abramovich is a Satanist. I don't care what she says she is or is not. She is a Satanist and she is a witch and she does a lot of questionable things. And her connections are extremely questionable when she's hanging out with the Podesta brothers and people of like of like mine, Jay Z, uh, Lady Gaga. Like these are people who who already have very questionable past, and this lady's hanging out with them. So what is she doing? Like if, if she's hanging out, if if she's friends with the Podestas, who I, I'm sorry, I, they 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 have gotten away with a lot of evil things. So. If she's in charge of the education system in a, in a country that we know a lot of trafficking is going on, I mean, listen, I'm just going to say it. Uh, I believe the Ukraine is the new uh, Jeffrey Epstein Island. And so when we see all this stuff happening, to me, that's spiritual warfare. Then there's also the things that we see with uh, the, the, Wiki, the, the WikiLeaks years ago. Uh, one of the things that popped out on that, and I think people tend to forget about this, but... Um, the 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 uh, the whole was it thirty thousand emails that were deleted and stuff off the Hillary's server her private server I believe it, it was thirty three thousand oh I'm sorry <laughs> sorry uh, here I go being a conservative you know <laughs> uh, so um the those thirty three thousand emails one of them in the subject line now we can't read the emails at least not all of them and this was one of those uh, it was the subject line was requesting the location of the body of Gilgamesh and the buried Nephilim. Like what? that's, that's thank you. You don't remember this. I'm sure you've heard of it, but it's real. I can send you links. I have it saved in my phone. <laughs> Let me see if I can pull it up here because I knew this was going to come up one day and I saved a stinking link. Let me find this freaking thing. Oh here my we gosh. Go. Hillary Clinton. There it is. Yes. The website is still up. Yes. I'll send you this link, but Do it. Uh, <laughs> the exact, the exact uh, headline here is requesting documents. This is a subject line. Re requesting documents pertaining to the resurrection chamber of Gilgamesh, the uh, the location of his body and the location of the buried Nephilim. This came off her her email server. It was sent uh, in 2019 by what we believe or what they believe. I'm not that smart, but what they believe is uh, an alias of hers because there's this one name that keeps up popping up on these emails and uh, they believe that it was, it was basically Hillary as an alias to really kind of cover her tracks. But uh, the name I can't even pronounce is uh, Denetra, Denetra, D E N E T R A. Uh, so anyways, so like there's that, right. And so you're telling, and then we also have like in the emails, her uh, talking, I think it was to the Podestas actually talking about how she's going to go sacrifice a chicken to Moloch out in the backyard, tongue in cheek, I'm sure. But it's one of those things where do you or I, when we're just tongue in cheeking with our friends talking, talk about how we're going to sacrifice a chicken to Moloch. I don't, you know, like, you know, so, right. like, why is that on your mind? And why are you emailing or somebody on your server emailing, asking for the resurrection chamber of Gilgamesh and the buried Nephilim? Like, so th this is like real, like the higher you get, the more the spiritual warfare is happening and the more evil these people are. So I'm over here on the bottom of the pyramid looking up at all this evil. And I'm just like, yo, man, like uh, I'm just calling it as it is. And it where I think we're entering a time where there's a it's coming. It's this is coming. I told my wife a couple of weeks ago, I said, don't be surprised if in the next five years I'm arrested and put in jail for something because like. It's just coming to that point. Right. People, it's if true. You, if you, 
if you're outspoken, if you say things that are against the agenda and you're starting to get traction, you're going to get shut up. And, and you know what? The sad thing is, the sad thing is I'll get arrested in five years for something and they're going to say I did, did something that I didn't do. And majority of my audience will believe it. And that's so frustrating, but it is what it is. You know, well, and there's the other side of it is like what Howdy McCoskey said is they'll just round you up and put you in insane asylum. Like, yeah, they'll just say, oh, you're, you're against the agenda. You were certifiably insane off to the insane asylum. Dude, uh, uh, listen, did you see what Hillary just said yesterday? She said something. I thought she was gone for good. She literally was being interviewed by CNN. And she said that the the and listen, I'm, I am not like I, people might want to put me in a box. You trust me, you can't. I'm not a Trump apologist. OK, I'm not. But she, what she said is scary because what she said is when she was talking about these these MAGA people, she said they're a cult, which there are definitely parts of it that are culty. Not mm -hmm. I don't want to say everybody that it, I don't want to say everybody, but definitely some people. And she said that it's a cult. So she just called all of MAGA a cult, which basically is anybody who is 70 some thousand million people that voted for the guy. She said that they it's getting to the point where they need to be they we they need to be strategic. I think she said um, they need to be strategically re-educated. What does that mean? Uh, that's what not a good that sign. Mean? That that's not a good sign at all. That means they need to be brainwashed in yes. the opposite direction. Uh, yes. and 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 uh, William or Bill, uh, what was his name? He was Obama's uh, um, like mentor. OK, in Chicago, this guy was also has ties to the Clintons. He led he was one of the leaders of um, the the uh, terrorist organization organization back in the 70s. The something underground. What was weather it underground weather underground? So yeah. he and the weather underground were having plans to take over the country, taking over the government. And one of their goals was anybody who did not accept their new way of living was going to be sent to camps, I believe in Phoenix or or in Arizona somewhere, and be re-educated. And if they're not re-educated and they do, that doesn't take, they'll have to kill them. They literally said that. And this guy was a, a, uh, a mentor to Obama in his younger years. So you do one plus one equals three all you want. It still equals two. Like the, the, these people are starting to show their true colors. And that's why I say when I just look at the tea leaves, I'm like five to 10 years from now, old Tony Merkel is going to be put in a jail cell somewhere. At least I hope it's just that. Good Lord. Yeah. No, oh, dude. Have you ever looked? I'm sorry. Into, no, you're You're good. This is awesome. Uh, Did have you ever looked into the French Revolution deeply? Uh, not deeply, no. Dude, you should listen to our episode on the French Revolution. It's one of the more recent ones. It's all about, it's, well, it's not all about, but we eventually get to the spiritual side of the French Revolution. There was something truly demonic going on there. And, of course, we all know that the French Revolution is sort of where the Illuminati sort of reared its ugly head. The Masons got all involved in everything. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's not a conspiracy, guys. Like, this, it is a conspiracy, but it's not a conspiracy theory. This is This is documented history. And I know it sounds crazy because you've been programmed to think it sounds crazy. Um, the history of totalitarianism is it's a it's a it's a very, very simple program. Uh, you weaponize people's victimhood. You find a way to turn everybody into a victim. You get them self-flagellating and doing what Mao did, which was he put his he put people through struggle sessions where they would basically go around the room and, you know, confess to their sins against the state. And if it wasn't good enough, they would get either executed or re-educated or, you know, both. 
and uh like it's a it's a very simple program i i when i was on when i was last only time i was on tinfoil hat i tried to bring this up and i at the time i didn't know what to call it um but there is a serious like mind virus that's got a very very simple program and it goes by a lot of different names and if you bend the knee to it uh you're you're in trouble <laughs> and yeah that's kind of where like that's kind of where history breaks into this a little bit is a specific picture of where that happened was the French revolution. And it's funny because they still have, we still celebrate the French revolution as if it was some kind of a good thing. Uh, largely it wasn't. And the, the spiritual side of it is one of the darkest things I've ever looked at. So anyway, yes, it is all very spiritual and it is all very spooky and, you know, it can sound conspiratorial and, and kooky, but that's just because, Again, you've been programmed to feel that way. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is what it is. I mean, I, I just, uh, like I said, I, I've gotten to a point in my life where I just, I just say what I think, and it is what it is. Because here's the thing: like, I, I don't want to live in a personal hell where I keep my mouth shut just to, you know, appease other people or whatever. Uh, I, I just say what I want to say. It is what it is. And uh, if you don't like it. Um, listen to we talk about dead people, you know. So, <laughs> uh, uh, I know we've I, I only got five minutes left, but uh, I can't believe we've only got five minutes left. I mean, we can go a little longer if you want. I, I just want to let you know, I did send you a link in this chat on Zoom about uh, that, that Hillary Clinton email Gilgamesh stuff, so you can uh, check it out. I'm looking at it right now. I see here requesting documents pertaining to the resurrection chamber of Gilgamesh, the location of his body, and the location of the buried Nephilim. <laughs> what? the hell are they after? what is wrong with these people i know it's wild hey I mean, have you, like, interesting have you, ever, have you ever looked into cern yeah i looked okay into CERN. I, I think they were trying to do like a half-life and open an interdimensional portal there and then it didn't work very well and that might be why we're getting cryptids fading in and out of this world <laughs> yeah but, well i mean they did open portals and they're not the only ones uh oak ridge in tennessee has a particle accelerator just like cern only it's a little smaller and they have open portals they've stated publicly that they're looking for the mirror universe and i've talked to two different security guides who guys who have been told that portals have been opened and therefore they in their training they're trained also not to just protect against outside influences but also what comes through the portals inside the, the property next question oh my god i, I don't even know to do, what to do with all this information <laughs> I, I guess in or in the interest of rounding it out and being on time a little bit i mean i'll, I'll take i'll take going over a little bit but uh sure. i did want to i did want to ask like um you know, you, you said you have a negative, not a negative, but just a realistic, sober minded view of the future where we are right now is like this really nice sweet spot where we can have conversations like this and put them out on the Internet. And no one's going to come after us, at least not yet. Um, you know, and I, I love I love that aspect of, of podcasting and really what we do being, you know, independent media men. And again, I reiterate, I'm really glad I didn't get a job in in Hollywood or New York where I was trying to get work. Um, where, where do you see currently the public mind going? Do you think we're simply ahead and everyone's going to catch up or do you think they're going to double down and, you know, do a second ostrich sort of position? I think it's probably gonna be both. I mm. think we, I think people are, are starting to catch up. They're starting to, uh, to wake up to things. Um, but I think that we see just 
I think you're going to see just the same old tricks. And um, if I, if I, if I'm understanding you correctly, I, I just think that uh, I think the same thing that they always do is going to, they're going to try their same old tactics and it's going to work on some people and it's going to scare them back into line and other people that's going to be like, no, no, yeah. I'm already in this lane. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to keep going. Um, but I do think that people are starting to catch up. I think they're waking up to it. And I also think that's probably why, again, you know, it, it's not, um, however I described it earlier, so it's a dystopian mindset. It really is like, and, and I, 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 uh, it's not negative. It's just realistic in my mind. Um, the future for me is just a, a dark, a dark, dark hole. And, um, I just keep looking up at the top of the hole where there's still some light, you know, that's just how I yeah. live. Um, but, uh, I, I think that this is all going to uh, come, uh, come to, um, uh, I, I hate even saying it out loud, but uh, I just think that it's going to come to some kind of, um, physical conflict inside our country. I know what and, you mean, man. I don't, I don't like yeah. saying it either, but I, I hate saying it. Because here's, it here's, here's how I kind of feel about it is, and not that you ask, but I'm just going to say, um, I want to know. I, <laughs> I think, okay. So at the end of the Soviet union, I knew a guy who smuggled Bibles, uh, into this behind the iron curtain. He was also, um, personal, a, a personal, uh, counselor to Lee Harvey Oswald's wife. Uh, very interesting fellow. Um, but he said when the Soviet Union collapsed, it wasn't because of any specific policy or any specific historical event or struggle. He said simply the people became bored with fear and they stopped listening to the government. And that was basically the end of it. It just sort of wow. faded out because people got bored of being, you know, scare tactics all the time. It's like. And I, I think in America, it's going to look slightly different because we're not Europe. We're not Eastern Europe. Um, you know, the Germans had a very funny way of handling their dystopian. Like, But I think America is a, is a whole different creature. And I feel like the the end state of this is actually going to be far funnier than we're expecting it to be. <laughs> because like right now, the way people are getting like woken up and they're, they're becoming aware is like clown world um, and memes. And it's funny. And like you don't have you don't have to take this stuff and like, you know, get all dark about it. Like you can accept the truth of something and have a great attitude and, and, you know, well do what Tony's doing, just like roll with the punches and just keep making stuff. Yeah. So, you know, that's it. That's really interesting because I, I feel like I'm almost in that it's similar. So talking about being bored, like I'm bored with current events. Like I don't freaking care anymore. Like, and, and they got, part of the world addicted to the fear they got a part of the world addicted to the addicted to the drama to make sure that you know what's going on in the world and you can give your perspective on it and i'm just bored with it all like that's yeah. why i i dive so hard into the crazy paranormal cryptids hunting monsters stuff because i want to live my life and have fun and it's just boring to talk about antifa again and yeah. so <laughs> somebody tagged me in a picture on twitter and it was a picture and apparently it was a video too, but it was just a picture that I was tagged in. And it was, um, it was, it was like a, a street camera and there was a guy laying on the ground, a woman standing there. And between the two, it looked like somebody in all dressed in all in black stomping the person, but it looked like it was a shadow figure, right? It looked, it, it even looked like it had like horns and, and, um, and I was like, this is interesting. And I just commented, I said, um, 
I, I I've never seen this before. What what what's the backstory here? Is there a video? And people started commenting, where have you been? Oh, Mer and then they're like, oh, media. Maybe you should find a new job. Ha, 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 ha. It's like, dude, I'm bored with this stuff. Like, what are you talking about? And apparently it was like some kind of Antifa stabbing, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you guys are so addicted to the current event drama. Get a freaking life. Like, yeah. yeah you think media, all it is is listening to Fox News or CNN. Good job, buddy. Get a life. Get a life. <laughs> I appreciate the passion. I feel the same way. I was like, I got bored of politics. Like the only thing that was interesting to me was like the 2016 election. That was hilarious. But then after that, like everyone took it so damn seriously. It was like, they stopped being fun to be around. Cause it was like, you're letting this one event, like color the next four years of your life. Like I, you know, like personally, I'm so checked out of it. Like, I don't care. Like people, political minded people i'm like you're not seeing the full picture you're not seeing any picture you're seeing a freaking illusion it's yeah. all stupid so yeah. just chill you know you know it's funny is that it's the same thing with sports like the politics and sports go hand in hand anymore oh but yeah it, like you look at sports stars and athletes right people get so invested in it like uh i come from philadelphia i live in tennessee now and so I, you know, being an eagles fan and all that stuff like people know the eagles fans are crazy right so um People get so invested in the Philadelphia Eagles and they they have to watch the game every Sunday. They'll cancel their kid's birthday party. They'll miss their honeymoon. Ugh. They'll say no to sex for an entire year if they get to watch that one game. Like they're so invested in it, right? And then they lose. That team loses and everybody's like depressed the next day for the following week. Everybody's pissed, angry, you know, kicking their kids in the teeth, like just angry people for about a game that involve people who don't know you exist and do not care whether you're rich or homeless. They don't care. And it's the same thing with politics. These po politicians, whether you're Republican, Democrat, in the middle, it doesn't matter. These people in D.C. do not know you. They do not care about you. They all are in it for themselves. And if you think for a second that your opinion of them will change how they act, you're crazy. Like, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing with sports. It's the same thing. These people don't know you. You know them, but they don't know you. And just because you're upset will not change their actions on a weekly basis. They're still going to live fine. Yeah. You, you ever I talk? Sorry. I didn't expect to go this way. No, neither <laughs> did I. But hey, my list of questions, I think we've covered like two of them. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's totally fine. Like, I love this. Um, Did you ever have you? I'm sure you listen to Crow Triple Seven or you've heard of him at least. Uh, No, I haven't actually. Really? Yeah, dude, he's been on Tinfoil Hat, I think, a couple times. Um, what was that? Crow Triple Seven. It's C R R O. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. We interviewed him and his co-host Jason, and Jason had one of the funniest bits I, I think I've ever heard on our show. He goes, he goes, the the elites are stupid because they've destroyed entertainment, um, which was the only thing keeping the sheep busy. Like when you yeah. make all the all the media suck, they look up and go. Bruh? That's what he did. Exactly. On my show. It was hilarious. Um, you should talk to the, those guys, at least talk to Jason, because he has this this amount of passion about it. But uh, that's where we come in. We make entertainment and educational material, quite frankly, uh, for yeah. people who are done with it. Like, welcome aboard. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Start start living life and enjoying it. You know, it's really fun. It's yeah. really, really fun. <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, OK, well. I don't even know if I have a final question. I barely even know how to, I didn't know how to start the interview. I don't even know how to end it. Um, we gotta, we gotta have you back. You're funny. <laughs> yeah. I, listen, I told you, man, I like, before we started recording, just so the audience knows, I said, I'll say anything. 
I meant it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll talk about whatever. And here's the thing. If I don't know something, I'm just going to say, I don't know. Like you said, Crow 77 or triple seven. Like I, uh, I never talked to them. I don't listen, believe it or not. I don't listen to a ton of podcasts anymore. Um, and so I probably never even listened to them really, to be honest with you. But um, if I didn't recognize the name, I just been like, yeah, I still don't know. Like, I just, I don't know. I just say th stuff and see where it goes. And that makes life interesting. So um, that's, that's me, Tony Merkel. So. Dude, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. Like uh, th this was so fun. I'm so glad you reached out. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I'm glad. I'm glad you guys had, had me on. Yeah. You should, you should shill your stuff before you take off. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So I, 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 all right, let me, I got to re reel it in here. Tony Merkel, I host the Confessionals podcast. If you're into the paranormal stuff, that's what we do. We talk to people about their experiences. I talked a lot here on my show. It's either conversational or I let them take the reins and they sit, they talk for two hours and I don't say much of anything because they just need to let it out. And so that's what we do over the Confessionals. Uh, it is a fun show. We've been doing it for seven years. From that show... I started a company called Merkel Media. I thought it was going to be a, a podcast company, and that's where Macroaggressions comes in and several other podcasts. We developed, and it evolved into a film company. And now we're doing documentaries where we go out hunting monsters and exploring areas that were talked about on my show. Uh, the very first one we did was Expedition Dogman, where we hunted the Dogman in Kentucky based off of episode 335 on my podcast. I called it Dog versus Dogman. And um, that was a wild story and I had to go check it out. So that was our first documentary, very low budget and no plan of attack whatsoever. I thought it was just going to be a YouTube vlog kind of thing. And it turned into a documentary because of the talent that I recruited, not because of me. The guys that I recruited, very talented and they're still working with me. And so we decided to double down, do it again. We brought on a producer who has tons of experience in the industry he really brought the professionalism up to another level. And that is what we just dropped last month uh, in September. For, so on-demand streaming, it's available on Merkle.media. I don't do, uh, I do things differently than a lot of people. I don't put out my stuff on Amazon, Tubi, and YouTube, or definitely not YouTube, but uh, Apple right away because they take such a huge profit out of it. So because I've spent so many years building up a, a large audience through my podcast, I uh, I have a very strategic way I've been doing things and we subject to change in the future. But right now what we do is we do an actual digital premiere for our films where you buy tickets and you attend a live event where you get to watch, be the first ones to watch the film worldwide. Then two, three, four weeks later, we release it for on-demand streaming only on Merkle.media. And that's where we're at right now with The Shape of Shadows. Uh, that's the new film we came out with. Uh, if anybody's ever heard of Skinwalker Ranch, we went out to a property called Space Wolf Research, which borders Skinwalker Ranch. And we spent an entire week out there. We got UFOs on footage. We got Skinwalker uh, ritual circles on footage. We got trackways that went from human to horse on footage. We were chased by people in cars. It was a wild week. And uh, we called it The Shape of Shadows. It's on demand streaming right now on Merkle.media. And uh, while you're there, if you're interested in watching that and you like to go ahead and check out the Expedition Dogman, that's available there as well. Um, and uh, that one's actually available on uh, Apple, you know, Amazon and all that stuff. But uh, The Shape of Shadows, we're not there yet in the progression. So the only place it's available right now is Merkle.media. And with that said, I appreciate you bringing me on the show, man. I'm going to so have to check out Shape of Shadows. That sounds awesome. 
yeah, it was, it was a wild experience, man. Um, it, it just, uh, it, it, listen, I, I, if you got time, I'll, I'll talk about it real quick. Um, so we, we put ourselves in the environment to see what happens. We don't go to these places with Ouija boards or trying to conjure spirits. Like, especially since, you know, I've said I'm a Christian and most of my team, and I didn't plan it this way, but most of my team is Christian as well. So we all have a general perspective on things with an interest in it as well. So we don't go out there and say, you know, like, uh, like Zach Baggins from uh, that TV show that what was it called Ghost Adventures? Like the, the one <laughs> line, I remember he he he. I remember him seeing seeing him on the show, and he's like, "Come fight me!" I'm like, "I'm not trying to fight you, you know." But if I see, I'm going to shoot you in the neck. And so, <laughs> like, 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 so we 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 go to these locations and we put ourselves in the environment and let the environment that has known activity in it unfold around us, and we're there to experience it. Because listen. The people that come on my show, most of them didn't experience it because they were looking for the experience. They experienced it by accident. It just happened. So we, theoretically, if this stuff is real, should be able to put ourselves in environments that have a lot of activity and just say, hey, let it unfold around us. And so far, we've had really interesting luck. I mean, the Expedition Dog Man, I'll tell you, I didn't kill a dog man, unfortunately. But we had some weird things happen. Now, this film, The Shape of Shadows, we got a lot on footage. It was a wild week. And then the, the third film, it's not even out yet. We we hunted Bigfoot in Washington State. And um, in the in the midst of hunting Bigfoot at a very known location of a very dramatic experience by a guy named Wes Germer from Sasquatch Chronicles. Uh, he's like my big brother, best friend. Um, we were there at the location where this happened to him years ago. And he told me, during the, the the documentation of the film, he said, uh, I, I asked him, I said, do you think if you and your brother weren't in your car that night on the mountain, do you think that these things, that you'd still be here today or would these things have gotten you? And he's like, I believe that we wouldn't be here if we didn't have a car. And um, so it was like a, a defining moment in the conversation, right? So the week we get out there, we go up the very first day, we go to his location. He shows us during the day. When we get up there, we see a van that's sitting off to the side and it looked like somebody was camping there. We look at it and there's there's a, a bong sitting out and like a, a toilet. And it's like, okay, so somebody's like camping here, but it was like a, a utility van, like a work van. And so we see it, but we just kind of, you know, carry on, go our way. So the last night of that week, we decided to go back to the same location after exploring other stuff and spending a, a, a whole night out there. And we get up there, that guy's vehicle is still there. Everything's untouched. And then we find containers of uh, like his weeds there sitting out. And it's like, oh, so this guy's not here. Like, where did he go? And this is at the same spot that Wes had his wild experience. And so we start investigating. We find out who his name is because he actually had a parking pass that had his name on it. So we call it in. We talk to the sheriff um, and we, we, we report it. Turns out he is a missing person and we found his, where where he was missing at, but nobody knows where he's at. I actually got a hold of his ex-fiance afterwards, talked to her, and she told me, she's like, I don't care if it's Bigfoot or some serial killer. I just want to know what happened to him. I just text her last week just asking for an update because as far as we know, the police have told us that he's still a missing person. This is months later. I talked to her last week and she said, that they got a search party together and they swept that entire area where he went, where they found his stuff, where Wes had his Bigfoot encounter that was very um, aggressive. And they said, she said that they didn't find him, but they found four other dead bodies. 
And what? I'm just like, yeah. And I'm just like, so we were out there with four dead bodies somewhere around us. And, uh, and oh. so like, what is going on out there? So we went out there for a good old Bigfoot film and we went in, it wound up having a missing 411 film as well. And so it, it's just like, that's what you get when you don't have the corporate media. So like, I don't have a network saying you're here to do a Bigfoot film. So yeah, you found a missing person, but that's not going to be in the film because we got to stay on, 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 uh, on the agenda here because we have higher ups. We're trying to keep, uh, keep happy, you know? So with being an independent, I can let the whole thing unfold around me. So we have a general plan when we go to do these films, we have, or like, like we have a meeting on Monday night, the whole team, we're going to have, we're going to go over the general idea of what we're doing later this month. But then if there's a curveball, so be it. And we just roll with it and see what happens. And I think it makes it for an interesting, different type of film because it does have action, but it's very organic and it's not made up. It's just, it is what it is. So I love that. I love that. Um, just one final note. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this man was a trucker. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And now it's he's a, now he's a legend. <laughs> so don't let your don't let your memes be dreams. Am I right? Like, go after it. Go let for me, it, dude. I just want to say this, man. You brought this up, and I just got to tell people because I want to leave people inspired. And you're right. I was a truck driver. I was an LTL truck driver. That means that I, I I wasn't over the road. I was home every day, but they work you like a dog physically. Like I was not just driving truck. I I, I leave my terminal in the morning with like 20 deliveries. Uh, and there's like, let's just say on average, 30,000 pounds on my trailer. And most of those stops is me climbing the back of my trailer, pumping up a thousand, 2000 pounds skid, pulling it to the back of the trailer, dropping it. They unload it with a forklift. You do several several skids a stop. You keep going. After you're done with your 20 deliveries, you call in. You've already been working 10 hours, and you say, hey, I'm empty. And then they tell you, okay, go to these five places and pick up freight before you come back. Before you know it, you've been doing 12, 14 hours a day all the time. You're working like a dog. You're physically tired. In that environment that I, I was living my life, and I was a trucker, in that, I started a podcast and I would come home at night and this is uh, my first year of podcasting. I didn't have kids. And then I had a kid and a lot of things changed. Right. But in my first year, this was my, well, actually, no, it's not even my first year. This was my life before I went full-time podcasting. I would work like that Monday through Friday, Monday through Friday. I would come home. A lot of times my kid was already in bed or my daughter was already in bed as well. And I would eat my dinner alone or by chance I get home. I get to see my kids a little bit. I kiss them for half hour, 45 minutes. And then I have to go into my studio because I'm, I'm living my life on a mission. I'm living my life on a dream and I'm doing something that I really believe in. And I believe it could be the best thing for my family's future. So I forced myself after seeing very limited action with my wife and my kids into a room to work on a podcast and hopefully one day and maybe can at least pay my mortgage so I can find a different job that is less hours and doesn't kill me. Right. And I did that Monday through Friday. Now, I didn't do interviews Monday through Friday because I had a, a work schedule where I never knew I was going to be done. I can't schedule like that. So on Saturdays from 10 a.m. In, 10 in the morning till about six o'clock at night is when I would start my last interview. All day, I would be doing interviews that I, I needed to get done. And I had an archive of, full of interviews. That was my Saturday. Barely saw my family. Then on Sunday, I would go to church in the mornings and my dad would come down to my house and we would record for our other podcast, Hammerlane Legends. He still runs it. I'm not part of it anymore because I'm busy. Um, I didn't realize how engulfed my life was it, was in this and not 
uh, spending time with my family until my son actually started crying saying I didn't want to spend time with him. And that's when I decided to go full time. But I just want to tell people that what I just told you might not sound very appealing. What I just told you might even some people might be judging me saying you didn't spend time with your family for a limited period of time. I didn't spend time with my family because I believed in my dream. I believed in myself. And I told myself I didn't have any other options. I tricked my brain into thinking this is the only thing I could do with my life to get out of this rat race for a very limited time for three years. I didn't because my son was three when I quit driving truck for three years. I, I didn't I hardly saw my family. But you know what? I can see my family now on my own terms. I can make my own schedule. My son, who was three when I quit driving truck, who would come to work sometimes just to see daddy on his on his lunch break. I'd be parked in a parking lot somewhere. He'd sit in the truck with me. I'd drive him around the parking lot in a big tractor trailer. He loved it, right? That kid, he's five years old now, about to turn six in December. So three years later, he doesn't remember a day of me driving truck, which means he doesn't remember a day of me coming home and locking myself in a room and not spending time with him. I grinded, grinded, grinded to get to this point to now where I can actually live my life. I'm busy. Like I have a, I have, a, I have employees like, and I'm still working late at night, but it's on my own terms. I don't miss a practice of my sons. I don't miss dinner time. I'm there when they, when I tuck the kids into bed and then I go back to work if I have to, I do it on my own terms. And so I, I just, I just want to say that to people like you don't have to settle for what you found yourself in. If you're 30 years old, if you're 20, if you're 60, it doesn't matter how old you are. It matters about how much of a fire do you have inside of you. And life is very malleable and you can change it and twist it and mold it to what you want it to be if you get your head out of the matrix and just do it. You just gotta do it and 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 put those blinders on and trick yourself if you have to, like I did, into believing you have no other options. I'm telling you, if you do it, it will work every time. And, and you can say, well, what if it doesn't work and I wasted all that time? Sucker, you're going to waste all that time working a job you hate anyways. You might as well try to get out of it. And so I just want to, and I, I'm sorry, maybe the inspiration is gone now that I called you a sucker. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I, 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 just, I just want you to understand that life is literally what you make of it. And, it, and if we can just get out of our own way, out of the manipulation that we've been ingrained into, we've all been told when we graduated high school, the first question that comes to you is, what college are you going to? You know what? College ain't for everybody. Just like public school ain't for everybody. The, the school system isn't for everybody. Kids do not learn the same, yet we have one way of teaching everybody. Like, if you can just break your brain out of what you've been told life is and make life what you want it to be, I promise you, five, 10 years from now, your life is going to be completely different and you'll be so thankful that you listen to we talk about dead people. <laughs> I wish I had an applause button to hit right now. <laughs> Can't afford a roadcaster yet, but maybe someday. There you go. Everybody, I give you Tony Merkel of the Confessionals podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I hope all of you have enjoyed this. And um, if he's open to it, he's always welcome back on the show to talk more dog, man. Certainly. I'm always about that action. Hell yeah. You want to say goodbye to everybody? Maybe a pick. Maybe sometimes I try to do this where I'm like, pick a song for our outro. Uh, Well, I'll tell you what. The only outro music I put on my show is my buddy Joel Thomas from Van Tesla. Uh, it's a, and there's several songs, but I'll just I'll tell you, <clears throat> man, I had to clear my throat there. 
Uh, I'll tell you one of the songs that I love of his two of them is shut up and drive. And uh, the other one is Jekyll Island. So if you can, I'll send you them if you want them, but it's, they're fantastic artists. And I'll just tell everybody, listen, I'm Tony Merkel. I do a lot of different things. And I just hope that what we talked about today from beginning to end, something resonated with you and inspired you because seriously, all I do, I talk, I talk about all this stuff, but at the end of the day, I just like changing people's lives. I like being a positive influence in this world, whether it's spiritually or just in your everyday practicality. I just want to be a difference maker. So I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks for having me, man. It's been a blast. Like a cell, they wanna spin up with the center of the nexus, me. Yeah, yeah. They wanna-